Hallelujah. Come on, let's do that for a few more moments. Come on, let's praise his name together. Come on, let's exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, has anybody come to give him praise? Has anybody come to the house of the Lord? Come on, do you got a shout in your soul? Has God been good to you? Has God helped you? Has God healed you? Come on. I got a praise on the inside, but it can't stay there because he, he deserves every bit of my praise. Somebody lift him up. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout and give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It feels good in the house of the Lord on this midweek service. Amen. There's no place that I'd rather be than to be in the house of God with God's people. And uh, so grateful for the revival that we just had with Brother Urban. Anybody enjoy that? Hallelujah. We are looking forward to having Brother Irvin come back, hopefully this next year, and scheduling some time where he can come. And, you know, we just had him do his preaching ministry. But uh, I've known him for many, many other years, many years, and there's a lot more than meets the eye. He's got several businesses and just a great leader, and God has developed him in his local congregation. Amen. And that's what God's doing around here. God's developing people and helping them to grow, helping them grow up into what they are so they can be a strength to the body. Amen. Because when one of us gets better, we all get better. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so looking forward to having him come back, do some leadership stuff, businesses, missions, those kinds of things as well. And uh, believing God's going to do great things and loving what I felt in the last little bit. And I want to do my best to just walk in what I feel and, uh, and, and believing that God is going to help us here today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 1. We're going to read that in the King James Version and then we're going to read it in the ESV Version. And then also there are some of these flyers out there for our Harvest Festival. That is this Saturday. If you grab some... Hand them out to people that you know. This is for all ages. We want everybody to come and uh, just give them out as you can. And then, of course, Saturday, we're going to be meeting at 10 a.m. Since it is this Saturday, we want people to know that it's happening today. And so it's a great opportunity for the last little bit to contact with some people that maybe we've talked to before. And, uh, and maybe you just send it. If you need a digital copy, you can see me. I'll get you a digital copy that you can post, repost on your social medias and, and send out as a text message. We'll make sure that you have whatever you need uh, to invite people to this event. It is a non-threatening, non-invasive way to introduce people to the church of the living God. And, and so some people, they may not be comfortable right away coming into a church service, but they will be before they leave. Because there's something about getting around the people of God that you just want to be around the people of God more and more and more. And everybody said amen. amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. I'm going to read that in the ESV. Verse number one, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward. Everybody say no reward. How many wants a reward? Amen. He said if you do that, you will have no reward from your father which is in heaven. And I want to preach to us. We're going to be going into the book of Matthew, and, and only the Lord knows how long we're going to be spending. Matthew chapter 6, only the Lord knows how long we're going to spend in that because there's so much to exhaust from that. And we're going to be teaching and talking about some spiritual disciplines. But before I get into the what, I want to get back into the why. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, 
our audience of one. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we have an audience of one. Now, I know there's other people in the church right now, but just remind your other neighbor and say, we have an audience of one. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. I really do believe that God's going to help us. I believe God's got a word, amen, for his church, for ARC in this hour. Hallelujah. That God just wants to reaffirm some things in our soul. And I pray, God, that you would help me to minister grace to the hearers. And, God, that I would speak as a reflection, amen, of what you've given to me. Lord, that it would not be marred by me or anything else, God. Pray, Lord, that you would help us, amen, to do all that we do. Amen. Do it in the name of Jesus, to do it for our audience of one. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Our audience of one. I am, I have felt very strongly, felt this for a minute, but I felt very strongly to preach this, especially after Sunday. And I want to tag in to what has been the undercurrent of some of the recent sermons by guest ministers. I am extremely proud of ARC as I feel that this principle I'm going to talk about tonight has been there. It has been in the DNA, and it has continued to be nurtured. And I, I want to let the church know that this principle is thriving in this church. That this principle I'm going to talk about here tonight is alive and well in Apostolic Revival Center. That this principle I'm going to talk about tonight I'm thankful to say that it has started and it will continue to be an ethic in this congregation. Amen. So I'm going to be talking tonight about the audience or our audience of one. But before I do that, I'm going to quote a Lady Gaga song. No, I'm kidding. Well, I will, but don't read it. Don't go listen to it. I'm not condoning it, but this is something that somebody wrote as Paul even quoted some poets of his time. In this song, she said, I live for the applause, applause, applause. They live in this modern society, and that is a mantra in our generation, that people are looking for the applause. They are looking for the approval of the crowd. They're looking for the majority vote. They think that everything in life is a democratic system, that majority rules. But I want to tell you, in the church of the living God, that is not the case. In the kingdom of God, that is not the case. There is a danger in PR. If you don't know what PR stands for, that's public relations people that do things just for the good pr people that do things just for an applause people that do things just for a pat on the back there is a danger in doing things for the applause there is a danger in doing things for the pr the public relations there is a danger in people pleasing there was a way in which the Pharisees were practicing their righteousness in public. Amen. And we're reading about it here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 1. Jesus is giving a warning about practicing righteousness before the people strictly so that they might be noticed. Amen. Jesus is telling us to beware. Beware means to be cautious or to be careful of something. Jesus is warning us about practicing a form of devotion to God whose purpose is not really towards God, but it is to show off towards other men or to other people. 
if what the Pharisees are doing is only to please other people, they are not truly seeking to please God. And Jesus is telling them that if you do what you do and you practice your righteousness so that the crowd might give you an applause, so that the majority vote would be in your favor, so everybody else would be behind you, Jesus is saying you might get a reward from the crowd and you might get a reward from the applause but you don't get a reward from your heavenly father i think we ought to give jesus an applause here tonight come on when you come to church and you clap, I want you to know you're not clapping for me because I'm not doing it for the applause. When you clap, you're saying, God, I agree with what was just said. I agree with what was just preached. You are saying, Lord, I say amen and let it be so. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. There is a danger in living for the applause. There is a danger in living for everybody being for what you are and for what you are doing. The danger of this is that we seek to please other people. You know, somebody put it best that you can't please everybody. Not even God can please everybody. Even Jesus had a Judas. Even Jesus had a pilot. Even Jesus had a Herod that didn't, he didn't want to talk to. Uh, amen. You're not going to please everybody. Uh, so as in, in the attempt to please everybody, uh, we fail to please the audience of one. Uh, in our attempt to please our neighbor, uh, to please our spouse, uh, to please our boss, uh, to please our coworker, uh, we miss out on the one that really deserves uh, to be pleased and to be appeased. And that's the God that created created us. That's the God that formed us from the dust of the earth. He saw us when we were nothing but particles. And yet God said, I'll work with you. He deserves my applause. Amen. He's the one that saw me while I was empty and he breathed into my nostrils the breath of life. And God said, you're going to live. That's the one that's worthy to be worshiped. That's the one that's worthy. No one else deserves that. No one else deserves that. Only one. The danger is that when we go about pleasing others or people pleasing or doing it for the PR is that we fail to please the one that matters. It's, it's, it's like the kid in school that all his friends are laughing at his jokes, but he's failing the test. You might enjoy the classroom, but you're going to have to repeat the classroom because you didn't please the one that mattered. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, Paul is writing, and he says this in the ESV, For I am now, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? What am I seeking? Or am I trying to please man? If I were try, still trying to please man, he marks it down that I should not be the servant of Christ. Amen. Let me help somebody here today. We'll get to the good stuff in a moment. But let me just pastor somebody for a moment. Amen. Some people only do things if the pastor is watching. Amen. I got 20-20 vision, but I don't have surveillance on you. Amen. I got good eyes, but, but quite frankly, I'm so focused on, amen, what God's doing. I don't have time to focus on what everybody else is doing. Uh, I've, got, I've got my eyes uh, on the prize that is Christ Jesus. Uh, I've got my attention and focus uh, on what God wants to do in this city and what God wants to do with this church. Uh, I don't have time to be, amen, God's inspection. Uh, I don't have time to be God's fruit inspectors going by and finding out whether or not people are doing this in their home and doing that in their home. Uh, Hey, man, that's, that's not even what I'm called to do. My job is to feed the sheep. My job is to prepare and to preach and to prepare and to preach and make sure you got enough word that you can make it come hell or high water. But it's your job to eat it. It's your job to come to the trough. It's, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Some people only do things when others are watching. Is my mom watching? Is my dad watching? Is my boss watching? And then there's some people, they only do things when nobody's watching. Or at least they think nobody's watching. 
it's the, it's the, it's the Cain and Abel. He looks, and the Bible says they're both in the same field. And he looks to his left and he looks to his right. He looks behind him. Uh, he does a full 360. Uh, and Cain picks up the biggest rock he can find. Uh, no one's ever going to find out about this. Uh, and he takes that rock and he kills his brother. It's King David who is sat back while everybody else is in battle and everybody else is at war. And King David looks down, uh, amen, from, an, from the balcony and looks down uh, and finds Bathsheba while she's undressed. Uh, and he says, I'm going to take that. No one will ever know. That's the Old Testament version of pornography. He's looking down saying, well, nobody's ever going to find out. Nobody's ever going to know. But that's what happens when we get away from this revelation that we've got an audience of one. If you look over your shoulder for someone, uh, there's going to be days you don't find nobody. Uh, if you're looking over your shoulder for the pastor, uh, I may not be there. Uh, amen. You're looking over your shoulder at your spouse. Uh, they may not be watching you at that moment. Uh, you look over your shoulder at your boss. Uh, he may not be keeping tabs on you. Uh, amen. But if we get this revelation uh, deep down in our souls uh, that there's an audience of one uh, and he sees me when nobody else sees me, uh, it makes me think twice uh, about doing wrong and it makes me excited about doing right somebody ought to shout and give God praise come on when you recognize you got an audience and he's standing at attention watching you the best part is it doesn't matter if anybody else sees you God sees you it doesn't matter if you ever get a pat on the back or you get an applause from the boss there's a God in heaven saying Stephen good job you forgave them when they wronged you good job oh somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord our audience have won some praise Oh, come on, let's shout and give him praise. Come on, God's watching you. God's watching you. God's watching you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God's different than the kingdom of men. Our kingdom of this world, they do everything if they're seen. Amen. This is where we'll talk about it later. Charity. It's a big difference between philanthropy. Because philanthropy helps the business go forward. It gives you a tax deduction. It gives you good PR. Amen. This is where you have people that could care less about certain organizations and sea turtles. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. It's interesting to me that how, out here I'm drinking from a paper straw, but in Hawaii we all had plastic ones. And I was swimming with turtles the next day. You know, because there's people that would have you believe we got to save the turtles. They don't care about the turtles. They just want you to think that they're moral. They just want you to think that they've got the world's best interests at their at heart. Uh, amen. But if we really saw the dumps, uh, amen, I'm talking about literal dumps uh, that were in their, uh, amen, perfect socialist society that they call a state, uh, amen, you'd find all the mess. Uh, you'd find most of the world's pollution ended up in the oceans. Uh, but they want to tell someone in the Midwest that's nowhere near the ocean uh, how they need to live. They just want to let everybody think uh, we're the moral superior. They just want to have good PR. They want everybody to applaud them and say, you've done well. You're moral. You've got to save the planet. Our kingdom in this world, the kingdom in this world, is all about the applause, all about the PR. Amen. They work for a boss. If the boss is watching, they work a certain way. And if the boss is not working, they work a completely different way. You ever worked with somebody like that? Boss comes by and you know what I'm talking about? They, they working like they're getting a raise tomorrow. Boss goes away. They take their third lunch for the day. And those of us that are Christians who understand we've got an audience of one, we got to pick up the slack. Well, Paul said if you do it, you do it as unto the Lord, talking about servants to their masters, because he said you have a master in heaven. Sometimes we got to look beyond the flesh. Sometimes we got to look beyond the personality. Sometimes we got to look beyond the position or the title, whether they deserve it or they don't, and see the audience of one behind that someone. I'm, I'm preaching real good. Uh, amen. I'll tell you what. Uh, amen. If the church of the living God uh, would have let this exemplify Monday through Friday, uh, I promise uh, somebody's going to see it. Uh, it's going to be your Father in heaven. Uh, there's going to be a God in heaven that's looking down, uh, and the Bible says that he which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. 
Well, pastor, nobody's going to see it. Well, pastor, nobody's going to notice. I got I beg to differ with you. God's going to see it, and God's going to notice. And just because no one knows here on earth, there's a heavenly Father that notices, and that means your blessing's not coming from somebody else. Your blessing's coming from heaven. Oh, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. The kingdom of God's different because we recognize that there's an audience of one that's always watching. He is not disconnected from watching. He's a binge watcher. Better not have any binge watchers of Netflix in the house of the Lord. But God's binge watching your life. I want you to know you also have another audience member. It's the devil. He's watching you. He's watching to see if you mess up. But God is watching you, amen, not just to see if you mess up, but God's looking for every area of your life so that he might bless you. And even when you mess up, just like Adam did, he said, where art thou, Adam? Uh, He was looking for Adam not to condemn him, not to beat him down, not to tell him he's a mess or a mistake. He was saying, I've been waiting for an opportunity to forgive you. Uh, We've got to have the right revelation of Jesus. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, The Bible says that he does not bring condemnation. Uh, He's not. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. Uh, God's watching you so he might save you. God's watching watching you so he might bless you. God's watching you so he might elevate you. God's watching you so he might lift you up above and let there be some redemptive lift in your life. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give Jesus. Oh, somebody ought to worship Jesus for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. When I fail, you pick me up. When I made a mistake, God, you erased it. God was there. Hallelujah. Our, the kingdom of God's different. Because we are not doing anything, or at least we should not be doing anything, based on the, the, the visible audience. We do it for the invisible audience. We don't do it for the audible applause. We do it for the inaudible applause. Amen. I want everybody at every church service. Amen. As the pastor, I want everybody at every meeting, every leadership class, every prayer meeting, every event, Every little side thing the church is doing, every time the doors are open, I want people to be there. I do. If somebody needs prayer, I ask for it. But usually when somebody says they can't make it, I've never once asked for an excuse. Because I'm not looking for an excuse. And I've never condemned anybody or beat somebody over the head for the fact that they weren't able to do something or be somewhere or whatever the case may be. Maybe. They really did stub their toe on the ceiling. Maybe they really did need to take their pet snake for a walk. Maybe their boss did give them homework. And maybe they really did leave the ice cream in the oven. I'm being facetious. You know, maybe the excuse really is valid. But at the end of the day, I don't need an excuse because I'm not the audience. I assume the excuse is true. I assume. Now, some people assume malice. They assume something bad. I assume the best. I try my best to assume the best about other people. I assume that they really had something come up. I really do make the best effort, amen, to give people the benefit of the doubt because I really would like people to give me the benefit of the doubt. But I want to preach to somebody that that regardless of who was watching or who's not watching, who's listening or who's not listening, only God knows if it's really in your heart. God's the only one that knows whether or not you do it when no one's watching. And only God's the one that knows whether you wanted to be there. And only God's the one that knows whether you really want to be attached, whether you really want to be connected, or whether you really want to be involved. It's not the pastor that's your audience. It's not the church that's your audience. It's not your co-workers that's the audience. It's not your boss that's the audience. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone hallelujah I love you all I hope you know that brother wait I love you but Mike amen you know what I love is man I still got my hair brother Diaz this church has been real good to me 
I saw a picture once said, I said, the dude looked like he was 85 years old. He said, I've been pastoring for two years, and I'm 17 years old. <laughs> I love, I love this church. Church has been good to us. I'm thankful for four years. I'm looking for the next 40. That's my, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Y'all get rid of me before 40, but that's all right. I really do love this church, yet I want to tell you something in confidence. It's just us and the live stream. I did not pray today because you would find out. I did not read my Bible. I do not have notes up and down my Bible so I can show it to you and act like I'm a Bible scholar so I might appear smarter so that I might get the title or position of pastor one day. I didn't get dressed up so I could be admired and how nice or how shabby I dress because I'm not very stylish myself. Brother Irvin, he got that corner. He's real stylish. I don't worship if all 75 to 100 show up because there's days where we've had less than 20. And I didn't dress up and I didn't come to church and I didn't pray and I didn't study and I didn't worship because I'm the pastor and you pay me to do it. Because the true story is, I'm not even preaching, so you might be impressed. In fact, I preach in such a way, I, I kind of embarrass myself. I don't like hearing my own voice. Amen. But I preach, and I pray, and I study, and I come to church, and I'm at every event that I can be, and I come to pray when no one's watching, and I worship whether the whole church is worshiping with me, whether I like the song or I don't. I worship at my house. I worship in my trailer and rock the trailer when ain't nobody worship with me. I worship with my hands in the air, one hand in the air, driving down the road, tears streaming down my face. But I got news for you. Here's the secret. I didn't do it for you. Can I let you know a secret? I forgive people that have wronged me. Not always. I try. Pray for me, Brother Jonathan. And I don't do it to show my wife I'm trying to be the best Christian because I'm the pastor so that she can tell everybody I'm a good guy. You know what? True story. I don't punch my wife because, quite frankly, she hits stronger than I do. But I don't do that so I can skate past what everybody else has seen fall in the ministry. I don't text side chicks not because I just want my wife uh, to think I'm a, I'm a straightforward guy that honors his vows, although I do want her to think that. Don't get it twisted. I, I do want you to think I'm a smart guy. I do want you to think I've studied. I do want you to think I've prayed. But I, I just came to remind somebody uh, that, that, that there's an audience of one uh, in my life. Uh, and unfortunately, your application's been denied. As much as I love you, as much as I love my wife, as much as I love my future kids, their invitation to join the audience of one has been denied. Everything I say, it's for him. Everything I do, it's got to be for him. Every sermon I preach, it's got to be for him. Every time I dance, if no one else dances, I'll do it all by myself. If no one else comes to church, I'll come to church by myself. If no one else gives, I'll give by by myself. If no one else sacrifices, I'll sacrifice by myself because when I stand, I don't stand alone. I stand with my audience right in front of me. And it's an audience of one. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. In fact, let's stand all across the building. Let's magnify him. I've just come to bear my heart tonight. I've not come to condemn anybody or hurt anybody. I've actually come to encourage you. There's some people that you're looking over your shoulder trying to figure out if somebody's noticed you or somebody's watching you. But I want to tell you that ends tonight. You should know by the end of this service, there's somebody that's watching you. Everything you do, everything you say, everything else that goes unnoticed. Church, we might sing. And for our musicians, you might play anywhere from 75 to a little over 100 on Sundays. But I want to remind you, we've got an audience of one. I might preach to you 
And I sure hope you listen, because I'd be a poor preacher if you didn't. And it wouldn't do very good pastoring if you didn't. But I want to tell you, I have preached and I have evangelized and I've got an ethic. If no one else hears me, I'm going to preach in such a way that God will be proud of me. Well, pastor, why aren't you taking the church charismatic? Because I'm not doing this on whether or not people approve of me. Why don't you just preach in a way where everybody would get excited and just hype them up and let them have high church where they never have to change and never have to grow so that they could be more approving of your message. I'd rather people cry, crucify me, crucify me, crucify me, and have God look down and say, my beloved son and whom I will please. Why do you baptize in Jesus' name? Well, A, it's in the Bible. B, it's logical. You baptize in the one that died for you, rose again for you. I do it because I'm doing it for the one. You know, you just stop teaching and talking about speaking in tongues. You know, you can just have people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Just stop that whole oneness business. You just be, a, be in the council of churches. It was a crowd that crucified Jesus. It was a bigger audience. But I thank God for people like John. When Peter and Judas flopped because of the crowd, John was sitting there looking at the audience of one. You go all the way to the book of Revelations. He's been boiled in oil. He's on the island of Patmos. No one else is there. People could probably think he's dead. But the Bible says that John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, I'll pray when everybody else is shouting with me. You got to limit your audience. You know, there's so many people they want performers, and we're going to talk about that in another time. They want to be performers. People in churches have changed the altar for a stage, and it's nothing more than just a performance. And, and I think we should do everything excellent. We should do everything to the best of our ability. But I want to tell you, at the end of the day, uh, we're not doing it to impress anybody else. Uh, we're doing it to glorify Jesus. Listen, we give. That's why the lights are on. We all give. If you don't, that's on you. But for those of us that do, we give to the church. But those of us that got a revelation, we're not giving to the church. We're doing it for the audience of one. We pray for all sorts of needs and wants. But the truth is, we're really just praying to communicate to our audience of one. Amen. This is why we don't pray just when we feel it, because sometimes you don't feel the audience. Sometimes you can't see the audience, but you got to know that the Bible says he hears everything. And even if you can't see God, you can know he's listening. We don't fast because we're on a diet. Some of y'all are, but push away the plate because God I want to be closer to you and God if no one else notices it you noticed it and God my petition means so much it's more important to me than eating and if no one else notices I'm doing it God you'll notice we teach whether it's Bible studies your kids your your family or you go find someone you just talk to them about God not just for the sake of that person's salvation you do it so that God, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, might receive the reward in which he died for. You do it for an audience of one. You read your Bible, we're coming up on the end of the year. Not so Brother Johnson can give you a nice award, although he will, and a loaf of bread unless you're gluten intolerant. And I thank God you started that. Thank you. Well, many have done it before you, but you continued on in it. But at the end of the day, you do it because, God, I just want to know a little more about you. God, no one else sees this. I just want to know a little bit more. For those that are maybe doing other things, remodeling, if you notice around this church, there's all sorts of things that have been done. And some have specifically asked not to be seen, not to be told about. I honor that. But let's be real. Everyone that did something genuinely, their heart's desire is exactly what I'm preaching. I'm not doing this for any other reason. I'm doing this for Jesus. Any improvement that's ever made to the church, any remodel that's ever made to the kingdom of God, the church of the living God, it is done for the audience 
of one. Those that decorate and make things look nice. Amen. We are doing it for the audience of one. We hope that the church is blessed by it. We hope the visitors are blessed by it. Amen. When you go about and you encourage somebody else, you might be encouraging that individual, but at the end of the day, you're doing the work of the Lord, and you are doing it for the audience of one. When you gather together in fellowship, when you gather together with your brothers and sisters, every one of these things I mentioned blesses other people. Every one of these things blesses the church and makes the church go forward in revival. But at the end of the day, the why before we ever get to the what is we're doing it for the one that's seated on the throne. Matthew 25 and 34, and I'm done here. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and took you in? When did we see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and came to visit you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, You thought you were doing it for the sick. You thought you were doing it for the poor. You thought you were doing it for the naked. You thought you were doing it for the imprisoned. You thought you were doing it for the hungry. You thought you were doing it for the thirsty. You thought you were doing it for the sinners of Carson City. You thought you were doing it for Apostolic Revival Center. You thought you were doing it for the church. You thought you were doing it for the pastor. You thought, but he said, Verily I say unto you, in so much as you've done it unto the least of these, you saw the man, you saw the woman, but you didn't see the hidden audience of one. If you could look beyond the visible and see the invisible. He said, if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift up your hands. I'm done preaching here. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on all across this house. There's people, as was preached on Sunday, I'm just trying to flow in what was preached and just really bring back. God's got good records, and God sees all the good, and God sees everything, and, and God's looking down, and one day he's going to open up the book and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But right here where you are, you're currently well doing before you ever get a well done. Amen. And you're saying, God, I don't necessarily see what's the purpose and what's the point, but I want to tell somebody, you've got an audience of one, and he's watching You've got an audience of one, and he's applauding you. You've got an audience of one. Everybody likes to be applauded. Everybody likes a pat on the back. And I think it's in order, and I'm personally trying to get better at that because that's not something I necessarily need. But I recognize other people need it, so I'm trying to get better at it. But when you get the revelation, it's an audience of one. It don't matter if you get that from man. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. This is what you see David doing. You know, we talk about David killing giants. We talk about David playing instruments and harps and all sorts of stuff in front of the king and casting out demons. Doing this where he's dancing in front of all the kingdom, worshiping God. Old phrase that people hang on their wall. Dance like nobody's watching. Well, please don't do that. Use some rhythm. Talk to some people that got rhythm to help you. But the true story is if you want to dance like nobody's watching, you have to start dancing when nobody's watching. Because before you ever get to David playing for kings, before you ever get David killing giants, you got David playing for sheep. Hey. I know people that, man, they just, and I'm all for it, man. I, you know, my pastor had an ethic. He's like, you want to preach, you get your own pulpit. So we went out, we found Bible studies, we got souls. That's what we did. 
I'm not a pulpit hog, man. I wish, I wish we, we're going to do it. We're going to develop people. They're going to learn how to preach. But let me tell you, amen, before you ever preach behind a pulpit, please go find somebody to preach to at your job. There's people, they want to sing, they want to sing, they want to sing. Uh, but when you tell them that there's going to be nobody in the audience, there's just going to be a couple sheep out in the pasture. That's when things change. But if you got the revelation like David says, hey, it was before the Lord my call that I danced. He said, because when I was before the sheep, I didn't play for the king. I was playing for the king of kings. And I didn't dance for the people's approval. I was dancing for the king of kings approval. And I didn't defend the lambs because my job was on the line. I defended the lambs because God was watching me, how I took care of what was given to me. And I don't do this because anybody else will pat me on the back. I do this because there's a king in heaven that's watching. And I've got an audience. And that audience deserves my best performance. David wrote psalms. They say David wrote most of his psalms while he was on the backside of the mountain. Nobody knew his name. Hey, listen, I'm still preaching sermons I, I wrote down when I was 15, 16 years old. When nobody called me to preach. What are you doing right now? When nobody's watching you. Not just bad. I'm talking about what good things. I want to tell you God's watching. God's watching. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We've got an audience of one, and God's proud of you. You've got an audience of one, and God's proud of this church. we got an audience of one, and I've just come to tell you from my prayer closet that God's looking down, and his countenance is shining on some people and saying, well done. You're doing good. Just keep it going. I want to open up this altar. Would you come to the altar, not for your neighbor, not for the pastor's approval. Would you come down to the altar so you can talk to the audience of one, so you can get Get an alignment with the one. Can you come down and say, God, amen, Lord, help me to continue on. God will give you a ministry in this altar. God will give you a word in this altar. Your audience will tell you the next performance they want to see in this altar. Your audience will tell you exactly, amen, the audience will want to tell you exactly what you got to do from this point forward. The audience will want to tell you exactly what ethic to take, exactly what step to take. When you go to this altar, the audience will say, encore. Encore, encore, somebody pray. Come on, let's pray all across this house. And all is stripped away. Come on. And I simply I do it for Jesus. I dance for Jesus. I preach for Jesus. I sing for Jesus. I reach out for Jesus. Come on, I go to church for Jesus. I fast for Jesus. I read my Bible for Jesus. Everything about Jesus. Everything's for Jesus. Somebody pray. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. Come on. Don't worry about your neighbor. Worry about your audience of one. Don't worry about anybody looking at you. Just focus on your audience of one. You're getting a standing ovation right now. Come on, Stephen. He's giving you a standing ovation right now. You forgave somebody this week. You prayed this week. Don't let the devil jump in the audience. He's not welcome. He didn't buy the ticket. But the one that paid the price on Calvary, he paid the price. Somebody lift up your hands. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. But it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you, all about you, Jesus.
King of endless world, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath. song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into Come on, let's sing this all across the building. Come on, somebody needs to get back to the audience of one tonight. God, where I made it about other people, where I made it about titles and positions, where I made it on whether they noticed or not. No, it's all about you. Come on, hallelujah. It's all about 
Lift up your hands all across this building. It's all about you. Not for me. It's for the one. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Come on, this is a beautiful moment all across this building. Come on, no music for just a moment. Come on, no music playing. No instruments. This is what it's like when you're at home and nobody else is around. It's just you and the one. Spouse isn't cheering you on. Friends aren't cheering you on. Pastor's not cheering you on. Church ain't cheering you on. It's just you and the one. Come on, somebody. Come on. If it's for the one, it's enough. If it's for the one, it's enough. Come on, if it's for the one, it's enough. If it's for the one, it's noticed. If it's for the one, it's welcome. If it's for the one, it's welcome. Come on, that's it. Somebody pressing the Holy Ghost. Come on. The way I live, it's for the one. The way I dress, it's for the one. The doctrine I believe, it's for the one. Come on, the way I pray, it's for the one. The way I worship, it's for the one. My consecration's for the one. My church attendance is for the one. My giving's for the one. My fasting's for the one. Come on. What I do for the world, what I do for my job, it's not for the world. It's not for the job. It's for the one. Somebody pressing the Holy Ghost. Come on, when you have an audience of one, it doesn't matter who's there or who's not, you can do it. You can make it because I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, what if I do it and no one notices? The one will notice. What if I preach and nobody shouts and nobody gets with it? The one will shout with you. The one will notice. What if I sing and it doesn't affect anybody in the room? It affected God. Come on, what if I worship and nobody else worships? It'll affect the one that receives the worship. It'll affect the one.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. At the end of the day, church, John said, I saw one seated on the throne. There's only one. Only one in which it matters how you lived or how you died. And if you do it for the one, you're doing it for a lot of someones. If we do it for someone, we're not doing it for the one. But if we do it for the one, we're doing it for a lot of someones. Because inevitably, when you're doing it for the one that matters, he makes sure that other people along the way will be blessed by what you do. Church, I pray that this never leaves our soul. Because there's times it gets tough. There's times where it gets difficult. We've all been there. Some might even be there now. But if we remember who we're doing it for, somebody once said this, man, you, you preach like the room is full. I have preached in small places. I preach in big places. But I don't really preach like the room is full. I preach like there's one chair. And, of course, if he's seated on that chair, the room's always full. Praise God. <laughs> but, you know, it's, if I'm doing it for him, It'll bless you. The moment I start doing it for me, y'all won't be blessed. The moment I do it for you, you'll be lost. But if I keep doing it for Jesus, everybody's going to be saved and everybody's going to be blessed. That heeds the word. Would you lift up your hands one more time? Father, we love you. We thank you. Our audience of one. God, I know it's a simple thought, but God, I pray that this would never leave the DNA of this church. That we would continue to nurture it, no matter what it is. No matter what sacrifice is made, no matter what, what uh, just whatever prayer is made, whatever sacrificial giving is made, whatever the case may be, God, it, even if it's just something as simple, it been that others may not notice that we do, God, I pray, Lord, that we would do it not for men, not for others. We're not practicing our righteousness before men so we might get a reward that they notice, but God, we are doing it. 
amen, for you. And God, in the process, there will be many applauses. There will be many thank yous. And in those moments, God, don't let our head be lifted up. Don't let it be lifted up with pride because, God, uh, we're not doing it for that. We're doing it for you, Jesus. And as this church grows, God, uh, amen, we're not doing it so that we can have our name in Pentecost, uh, but we're doing it so the souls of the city might be saved for the one, uh, the one that's seated on the throne. Uh, I pray, God, bless your people. Bring us back safely in Jesus' name as we do everything we do for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands and give the one some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another, and go in Jesus' name. God bless you.